Hello, and welcome to the Innovate IPM podcast, where we are passionate about the future of the industrial projects professions, presenting you the best of project management, people, and practices, combining the wisdom of time-tested methods with the cutting-edge technologies and advancements that are modernizing our craft. Our mission is to contribute to the growth and progress of the industrial project management community. It's time to talk scope, schedule, and budget. Let's start the show. Hello, Innovate IPM community. It is Rob Williams, your host of the Innovate IPM podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone got a chance to listen to the Big Action Friday podcast that went out last week. That's going to be a new recurring theme as we uh, progress. It'll be every other Friday. So what we'll have is every other Friday, we'll have a guest on like we do today. And then the alternate Fridays, we will have our big action Fridays, which is kind of a uh, kind of a personal coaching approach to, to the podcast. What we want to do is provide you actionable things, help you develop your own actionable steps to take you to the next level in your business or your career. So check it out. Uh, Let me know what you think about it. Send me a direct message on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at info at innovateipm.com. I would love to get some feedback and hear what you guys think. So on today's show, we have inbound marketing for industrial firms with Mr. Todd Hockenberry. Uh, Mr. Hockenberry is in Orlando, Florida. He's a consultant, advisor, coach. He's the author of Inbound Organization, How to Build and Strengthen Your Company's Future Using Inbound Principles. And he's the podcast host of The Manufacturing Show, which is a great show. I uh, I was a guest on there last week, so you can check that. Well, actually, it published, uh, it published just two days ago, I believe. So be sure and go check that out. Uh, if nothing else, listen to me in the hot seat for a change. That was very fun. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I think it's a good show. I think you're going to like it. You know, it's he's an expert in digital marketing marketing consultant, lead generation, SEO, content marketing, blocking or blogging rather, content strategy. And this is all important, right? Because as independent consultants, as small businesses, right? The way we do business is always changing. So this is why these things are important. The way we market our business is always changing. Building exposure to the greater market demands creative content now. I've heard it said many times by uh, influencers in the field that that your companies now should be content creators first, right? That should be the primary marketing functioning or function rather to any uh, any endeavor at all, right? So you no longer out, rely on these outdated tactics to drum up new clients. I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of them still work to some extent, but they're transitioning out. And the way that uh, I believe, this is my two cents, obviously, uh, is what you get on the show a lot, my opinion. Hopefully that's why you listen. But but it's my experience and, and that that the the way that people used to do things to drum up new clients a lot of the reliances on um, old networks and things like that. The the folks that were doing those kinds of things, a lot of them are aging out of the industry. They're going into retirement. They're no longer writing POs. And the younger people that are coming in behind them, they're, they approach things differently. And, and I mean younger as in, you know, sub 50, right? Um, my kind of younger. So 
yeah, if you're an employee and you're looking to trans transition into an independent role, this is going to be a good podcast for you. And if you're a small firm and you're looking to keep an edge on your marketing, you need this too. This is going to be a really good show. On another note, uh, before we get started, please go to iTunes and give us a like, a rating, and a review. I'd love to know what you think about it. And uh, that helps us to get exposure to more audience members. So that helps out a lot when you guys do that. Please, if you haven't done so already, please go do that. Uh, And lastly, if you want to chat with me one-on-one about any of the topics that we discuss on our show, go to innovateipm.com, click the tab that says strategy, and you can follow through the links and schedule a time. I've got a little calendar scheduler on there. It'll show you what I have available. Click on it and we can talk. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Let's jump right in to speaking with Mr. Todd Hockenberry of Top Line Results. Hey, Todd, how are you doing today? I am fantastic, Rob. How about you? Uh, good. Good to hear, man. It's been a uh, it's been a good 2020 so far. How about yours? Absolutely fabulous. I can't believe uh, how many good things have already happened. We're only three weeks in. Sweet. I love it. So uh, let's talk about your book. I want to jump right into your book, if that's okay. It's fabulous. I love my book. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not the only one. I'm looking at the Amazon right now. You got some pretty good ratings on here. So I, I, I thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us about it. It's inbound organization, how to build and strengthen your company's future using inbound principles. What is inbound? Yeah. Inbound is a really interesting idea. It's, it goes back about 12 years or so, a company called HubSpot and some folks were um, uh, really looking at ways to improve marketing, right? I mean, Oftentimes, marketing just stinks, right? We don't like marketing. We don't like spam. We don't like being interrupted. We don't like commercials. And uh, and these guys were starting to think about how you could create marketing that people actually wanted to consume, that they liked. And so inbound was the idea that instead of interrupting people, where you send them an email, or you cold call them, or you a billboard's an interruption, a TV commercial's an interruption, that you created content mostly online, but it could also be in other, other areas, but that people were attracted to. So the, cl- the classic uh, example of, a, of inbound marketing is if somebody had a problem and uh, in a specific area, say it was a specific engineering problem, that instead of just going out and buying lists of people that, that were companies that maybe have that problem, you would create an article, you'd put it on your website, you'd optimize it for SEO and so people would find it, and it would be answering that question. So instead of your website and your content just all being about you and your product or a big glorified digital catalog, it was about helpful interesting, relevant content that solved your problem for you. And you know what inbound people ask for that? Absolutely nothing. They gave it away for free. The idea was, exactly. The idea was that I'm going to give you content, helpful content for free to start to build credibility. And they tapped into a really deep-seated human emotion, a human thing, which is called reciprocity. And guess what? When somebody does something nice for you, what do you want to do? Want to return the favor. Exactly. Yeah. So what? Ha- so you start the process, you start the relationship off in a very positive place where I've given you something, you want to give me the benefit of the doubt. You want to go to the next step. You want to learn more. You ask me another question. So, so what happened was um, 
HubSpot started to create content, and there was other people doing this as well, that um, really was attracting people to them. And then, oh, by the way, I've earned the right now to sell you something or at least tell you about what I do because I've been helping you and I've, I've helped hopefully made your life better. So I've earned the right to, to maybe 90% of the time educate and maybe 10% of the time sell. Whereas the other way, the traditional marketers, and there's still a lot of them out there that are the other way around. They're going to spend 90% of their time telling them, telling the customers and prospects about them and how great they are and not one thing about the customer or the prospects on the other end. So that's the idea around inbound. The, the idea of inbound is to create marketing content and a process, the, the whole buyer process in, in, in such a way that people actually want to be in it and they enjoy it and they like it. And it's a positive experience as opposed to this confrontational, interruptive, spammy ways, still way, way too many people treat their prospects and customers today. So that's inbound. Yeah. So two years ago, I was at a, uh, trade show. It was a machine tool and die trade show in Irvine, California, of all places. And I was speaking about this with a bunch of people that own job shops and machine shops and tool and die shops. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, we were talking about these ideas. Another gentleman, Dan Tyre, who is my co-author, who's awesome, by the way. And, um, we realized that he and I were both talking about the same thing. And he actually works for HubSpot. And we were talking about now that these ideas of inbound marketing, what I just described, were really applying to the entire business. So it wasn't good enough anymore just to be good at inbound marketing. You now had to have your entire business aligned around the ideas in inbound. And that, that everybody in the company had to be helpful. And every point in the process and every touch point you have with the customer has to be thought of and optimized for the customer, not for you, not for your accounting department, not for your finance department, not for your legal department. Every single part of your business had to be optimized around the customer. Now, I get it. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, we're customer focused and we're customer, we're customer oriented. And you know what? I, I'll give you a couple of tests for your audience to, te- to see if okay. you're customer oriented. Mm-hmm. Number one, look at your website. Who's it about? Is it about you, your products? Does it have pictures of your people? Or heaven forbid, it has some, some um, you know, uh, stock images of the, the happy people that aren't really, don't really exist. Um, or is it about showing your equipment or your machinery? or talking about your methodology. Guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody, Nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares about that <laughs> stuff. They care about what they can get, what's in it for them. So if your website's not talking about your ideal audience, who you help the most and how you help them and how you make their life better, then, then you're not inbound. Second one is, does a human being answer your phone? I still am stunned to this day that we don't have live chat, uh, human beings answering phones, people responding to website inquiries almost instantaneously. This is how people want to reach you. This is how they want to talk to you. They're ready for help. Every phone call, every email inquiry, every website inquiry is a cry for help. They've got a problem. They need it fixed and they want it when? When do they want it, Rob? Now. Right now. (laughs) I can get a new bank. I can order anything I want. I can change everything in a heartbeat. People are conditioned in this world of Facebook and Amazon and Google to have the information at their fingertips and get solutions right now. If you're selling engineering services, if you're a contractor, if you're selling products in the oil and gas industry, and you don't think this applies to your customers, you're wrong. 
It yeah. needs to, it applies to your customers. And this is the way they think, because guess what? That's the way you think. Right. So if your business isn't attuned to that kind of responsiveness, then you're not thinking about your customers. You're not inbound. And you may say you're customer centric and you may have a mission statement that nobody reads. It says we're customer rated and follow best practices and best in class and all this stuff that nobody cares about. What you care about is how you treat them, how you respond to them, how you act mm-hmm. uh, when they reach out. And, and that's what the book's about. And uh, that's a really long answer to ask, answer great, about what the book's about. That's a great answer. I, I appreciate it. Let me, let me ask you this. So you work in the industrial sectors Mm-hmm. How is the industrial sector adopting? Like, what's an example of them adopting an in- inbound approach? That's a really, really good question because this is a challenge. Because a lot of the companies, first of all, a lot of the companies I deal with are already very successful. Uh, I give you a good example. I work with a, a metal roofing company, and they make metal roofs. All the, mm-hmm. the, the the materials for making a metal roof. They don't sell okay. metal roofs; they sell to contractors. So they're so they're dealing with contractors, and what they found was that the, the industry was growing rapidly, but the, and they were six, they've had three of the best years they've ever had in a row, but they realized that they weren't connecting with people digitally. And what we, what we found was that by creating some helpful guides, so, so for example, if you're a residential homeowner and you want to put a metal roof on your house, what kind of questions would you have, Rob? What do you think you'd be asking about? Yeah. Um, how long is it going to last? Is it going to have a warranty? Uh, how difficult is the installation? How much does it cost? What happens yep. when it hails? Yep. What happens if lightning hits it? Can I get it in every different color? What What would my house look like with one of these on it? Right? They're going to ask a million questions because guess what, right? If, if you're going to buy a metal roof, even if you buy a shingle roof and you, you expect it to last for 15 years, if you buy a metal roof, you expect it to last for 50 years. So it's a big investment and it's more expensive. So I got to understand the ROI. So it's a lot of education. There's a lot of understanding, right? You don't, nobody's going to buy five roofs in their lifetime unless they're a contract. You're going to buy one, maybe two. So yeah. you've got to have the right information, the right education. So, so they created a, a bunch of videos. They created answers to all these questions. Their blog is all about everything we mentioned and lots more. Answering all those questions that people actually ask. And then there's, there's a calculator for prices. So you can put in basic information about your home and you get an estimate of what the cost is going to be. They have a tool that you can take a picture of your house and put it in this, in this tool online and you can pick the colors and styles of roof and you can see projected on your house what that roof's going to look like. Oh, cool. they've, they've answered all the questions people have about metal roofs. Now they educate their contractors. They give all this information to their contractors. And now no, not only do residential company customers come to them, the contractors come to them because they want to work with them. That's being inbound and that's being helpful in the, in the, in the world we live in today. It's not just taking care of the contractors because my client never actually sells to the end user of a home. They always right. sell through a contractor. They don't install. So, but they attract those residential users. They educate them. They teach them what's going on. And then when they're actually ready to buy a roof, they've earned the right for them, that residential person to say, who do you recommend in my area that would be a good contractor? And now they can tell them who to go buy it from. So that's that's a strategy. It's a great strategy. And that's a, that's a good example of, of how companies today can use inbound. And again, look at the most obscure topic you, you could think of. I, I would challenge your audience, Google the kind of questions you're asked every day. So, so the, think about the last three prospects that called you and think about the, the questions they ask you and then Google those questions and see what comes up. If your company doesn't come up, you're not doing it right. Mm. 
your competitors are there more than likely. And I would bet even the most obscure technical questions, somebody's written an article about it. There's information out there. So why shouldn't it be you? You mm-hmm. should be the one out there answering those questions. You be the expert and they'll find you and you'll drive leads into your business that way. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me ask you this. Um, what does it look like when you do business to business inbounds? You just describe business kind of like business to consumer for the B2B relationship, right? What does it look like when it's exclusively a business to business relationship? It's funny. A good catch, Rob. I, the vast majority of work we've done at Top Line Results has been business to business. Um, th- this was a case where we'd actually done some work with B- well, the, the, the roofing companies kind of B2B and B2C because they talked to B2C, the end user. They also talked to the contractors. Right. right. You're, you're right. Most of the work we do is with B2B companies selling to other B2B companies. And I know you're a project management guy. So I'm going to give you an example of one that has uh, some good project management in it. We worked for years with a company that made um, fractional gearboxes. You want to talk about a funky little obscure product. These are are low horsepower gearboxes that have, you know, a a third of a horsepower of, of, of power torque or whatever the word is, torque is the word. Mm-hmm. And they're used in small electronics or in medical devices. They're very precise. They have to be very high quality and they can be very specific, very high tolerance or excuse me, low tolerance and, and very high quality is required for these things. And what, what was going on was a lot of people that manufactured them, there was a long cycle to develop them because there was a lot of uh, planning. There was a lot of tooling. There was a lot of um, different variations and stages. There would be uh, changes. So you have to build tooling. Our client figured out a way to significantly contract that time to market for these companies using these fractional horsepower um, products. So their products were, it was hard to differentiate them on quality. A lot of them were considered commodities. You could go to Thomas net or any of the online um, catalogs and find fractional gearboxes and the other products they made. What they did was they created content around the issue, the problem their buyers had, and that was shortening the time to market. They wanted to shorten the product development time. They wanted to reduce the cost of the product development time. And, uh, and they wanted to reduce the complexity of product development. So they helped by creating a system where they could do rapid prototyping quickly, low cost, with a minimum of changes. So they, they, they're, what they were selling and what we were promoting was this process of buying this product, not the product itself. The product quality was assumed, but it was this process. And there's lots of other examples like that uh, where I, we've, well, we've dealt with clients in just about every sector fuel additives, lasers, uh, cap, any kind of capital equipment you can imagine. And um, it, it's it, it's amazing to me. I'll still hear business owners say things like, people in our market aren't searching on the internet. And and it's like, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> they're, they're looking. The, the internet ended days ago. Yeah. I remember that happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I love B2B and that's my wheelhouse. And I any B2B company that's not doing inbound and really focusing on the content they create, who their audience is and what their issues are, and then answering those questions is making a big mistake because it's not just for marketing. Think about your sales process. What if your salespeople get a prospect and they're at, they're getting uh, questions from the customer and instead of just saying, oh yeah, we can do that, there's a video or there's an article or there's a blog post or there's an ebook about that and they can share that. This content that we use for marketing is used all the way through the sales process. So inbound is about 
really thinking about things from the customer's perspective and creating an experience through the entire buyer journey that they love. What advice would you give uh, a legacy company that hasn't tapped into inbound marketing yet and is still relying on old methods that, that may be giving them troubles? Uh, call me. That would be my advice. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I think what you've got to do is think about uh, a couple basic things. H- have you identified your ideal target audience? Who's the person that you really help the most? Inbound's about helping. And I, I think most competitive advantage and differentiation today for most companies really relates back to how much a company is really helping the people that they work with. Mm-hmm. There's so much, there's so much competitive product out there from all over the world. It's very hard to differentiate on, on products and, and um, even price or quality. All those things are pretty much assumed. So we're, we're working with companies, helping them differentiate on the experience, right? Working mm-hmm. with us is different. We create a different experience of working with us along with a great product. That's where we think the area of competitive advantage is. So I would start there. I would, I would think about your experience, how people work with you, and how you can optimize that and make it better. Uh, if you've got a great customer base and you've got loyal customers, right, you, you don't want to start out with a blog. That's not where you start. I've been mentioning blogging and writing content. You probably start with creating some educational content to make sure every single person you already know knows everything you do. Yeah. Teach, the, teach them all of your expertise. Teach them all the products and, and, and everything that you do. Because the worst thing you ever hear in, a, in the world is, is uh, we didn't know you did that. We bought that from somebody else. So, so make sure you solve that problem with your current customers. Just communicate at a much higher level. Share information. Make it easier for them to get it. And figure out ways to make it easier on your current customers. And then once you kind of start moving in that direction, then you can start thinking about, new ways to reach this ideal audience. And um, a lot of the traditional uh, ways people did it was they were in associations or a trade group. They went to trade shows. They'd had maybe had independent sales reps or distribution companies they work with. And a lot of those models aren't working anymore. So um, trade shows can still be great, but it, Again, I don't like to leave it to chance at a trade show. I'm going to try to build that, make that more of a sales function than a marketing function. I want to, I want to build relationships there. I want to meet people, have meetings, and, and build on relationships I already have. So I, I think once you get past your current customers, you've got to really dig in with your target audience and ask them, where do you go for information? What are you looking for when you're um, trying to solve this problem? I mean, what would you want to hear? And um, where would you go to find that help? Where would you look for for that information? And and again, I think the old networks are kind of fragmenting a bit. And uh, I can tell you right now, if if you're a, an engineer under 35 or a technical person under 35 at all, you're you're going to the internet almost reflex just to yeah. go answer questions. So uh, I think you have to be there. I don't think there's any choice. I think, but I think I would ask my target audience, my current customers, where they go, how they get information, and then I would start to build uh, some muscle around those areas. Right. If they're on LinkedIn and they love LinkedIn, then go there and learn it and start to yeah. share content there. Um, I mean, I wouldn't jump into Twitter and Facebook right off the bat if I'm an industrial heavy-duty company. Um, that's not necessarily where you're going to win. I think you're going to learn on LinkedIn. Build good email campaigns to your contacts and customers. Start creating some basic content around what you do. Get your website right. I mean, everybody's going to be on your website. 
everybody. They're going to your website. So if it looks like it's from 1997, for goodness sakes, please fix that. <laughs> um, and some, and just start to take those basic steps, thinking about the process and the buying journey that you put people through. Do people like working with you? Simple question, tough answers, but I would do an audit and dig into that and really understand the, the details. That's, that's kind of where I would start with the old line companies. There's tons of help out there. I was kidding when St. called me. I'd certainly like to talk to you, but there's lots of information out there that people can dig into to, to learn a lot of, more of the details. What, what, what does content look like? So, so we hear a lot about video these days, right? Everybody should put out mm-hmm. video. Um, is video is video key to this whole thing, or, or what are we talking about for content? I was a I was kind of a late adopter to video in some respects for my own business, but it's I, I think for most people, video is almost a, a requirement because people want to see stuff. They just want to see it, and they want to. It's just more engaging. It's faster. You can consume it much easier on your phone than reading. It's true. I mean, it's just, it's just easier. And, and I, I think it's, it's two dimensional, right? You, you get the kind of, you can see it and you hear it. So you get a little bit more than just reading it or seeing a picture. And, and um, um, you want to tell that story, right? You want to show people what you're doing. And, and again, if you're making a piece of equipment, this isn't hard. Uh, or if you're working in a, 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 any kind of product, specific product, you know, show people how you make the product, show it in, in use. Think about your trade show when you do a demo or something like that. And just video it. You know, don't make people wait for the trade show to see it. Give it to them 24-7. And um, uh, you just, again, tell story and uh, you know, be interesting and fun. You can be fun. I've, there's lots of manufacturing companies out there that have had a lot of fun with this stuff. And um, you know, just let it be your personality. You don't have to be perfect, um, but you have to be human. And, and I think that's what you're trying to get across in videos that, hey, we're human beings just like you. We're, we're not just some big company. We're real people. We have real problems just like you do. And we, we, we want to help you. Uh, I think if you go into it with that attitude, you're going to be fine. Excellent. Last question. So what do we, what do we expect to see here in the future of marketing? So this is how things are now. What do you think things are going to look like three years from now? I think in three years, they're going to look a lot like they look right now. Um, I, I do think that, um, that a couple of things are going to change. I think the quality of content is going to have to go up because there's so much of it now. And that I think there's going to be tools out there um, that will help people sort through to find the right and best content. So where 10 years ago, it might've been easy to rank for a certain niche keyword. Somebody's already there now. So the bar is higher to get there. So you're going to have to be better at it and you're going to have to, um, uh, really focus to be to get the kind of results we were getting five, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. even two years ago. Um, I think technology is going to change. I think as 5G comes in, I think now you suddenly start, you know, if you talk about virtual reality and 3D modeling and, you know, start applying those principles that you're doing in your business to marketing, right? Think about that type of power of computing and data applied to marketing. And and I, I think that uh, that's coming. So you you need to be you, you need to make sure you look like your your modern mark company. So I think marketing yeah. is is about your image and about your credibility as much as it is about lead gen. Um, so if your marketing 
looks like garbage. I mean, I think people make a lot of assumptions based on that. So that trend, I think, is going to continue to go forward. That um, too many industrial companies and B2B companies that I work with don't account for that credibility piece in their marketing. They, they think it mostly is lead gen, but not the credibility piece. And I'm not talking about branding. Branding is important, but it's, it's like if you don't look credible, right? People are going to assume that your product's not credible. Um, again, the other trends I see happening are, um, I just think it's all going, it's just going to keep going this way. It's not going back. It's not going backwards. Um, but I do think that the consumers and that includes B2B consumers are going to start to get pickier and harder to reach. So I think the bar is going to go up. That's my big takeaway. Yeah. I've actually, uh, actually just recently heard, you know, that, that the amount of touch points it takes to get to get somebody's attention has increased drastically over the last year or two. I don't know. I, I'm not a marketing guy. You know, maybe you can tell me if it was BS or not. But I heard it's gone from 11 touch points to like 33 touch points in the last couple of years. I won't speak to the specifics, but I would agree with the scale or the the, the scope of that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm running a campaign. Just looked at the data with the client today, and um, they wanted to reach out to. Um, um, companies that were in the fuel world, kind of similar, the farther downstream than, than kind of oil and gas, what you're used to. But they, um, um, what we did was we set up a sequence for them. It was over a two week period and it was 14 touches in two weeks with the contact. So instead of spreading out these con- these touches over months, mm. which what happens is if you think about it, you just lose it, right? You, you, you have no chance to keep anybody's attention over a couple months. So what we do is we just compress that c- connection cycle into a few weeks and there's a lot more touches. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to either get them in or get them out, right? Either you're in and you're interested or we want to, and okay, you're interested. We're going to get you the information, start helping you connect with you in the ways that you want to, or if you're not interested, we want you out, right? We're trying to find oh, out quick advice. We're trying to find out quickly, but you're right. It takes longer and more touches, but I would also accelerate it so that you get to a result faster. So um, if you just send out a LinkedIn connection request here or try to meet them at a show there and you don't do anything in between, you're probably not going to do very well. I, I think it, it does take a lot more volume to connect with people today. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's uh, all the more reason to hire a pro, in my opinion. Yeah. I can tell you, like, trying to trying to do marketing on my own is, is very difficult. I try to bring in all the help I can get. Anything else you want to add, Todd? No, just uh, appreciate you having me on the show. If uh, your audience wants to learn more about me, check out uh, our website, inboundorganization.com, or you can check out my company website. It's top-line-results.com. Name's Todd Hockenberry. I'm LinkedIn. Love to connect with anybody in the industrial manufacturing space and uh, love to answer questions. So feel free to reach out. Oh, uh, before I forget, you, you've got your own podcast too. Why don't you go ahead and plug that as well? Oh yeah, the I have the uh, the manufacturing podcast, and manufacturing, uh, it's okay. it's all about manufacturing. Um, I focus on growing manufacturing business and growth topics, so it's a lot of strategy and sales and marketing. And uh, you can just go on iTunes and search uh, the manufacturing show; you'll find it. Excellent. Yeah, I think a lot of my audience would be interested in your podcast as well. It's very well produced, by the way. Well, I just recorded a really great episode with a guy named Rob Williams today, so <laughs> that'll be on there pretty soon. <laughs> Probably not your best episode. I'll just be honest. <laughs> it was awesome. You do great. Uh, I'm just thanks. kidding. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me, Rob. Yeah, thanks so much, Todd. My pleasure. <laughs>